With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And we are live and living color again, funky like a monkey, if you will. This is the 350th episode of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone, as always. Follow us on Twitter, at Crave Wrestling, and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun night. It's going to be super exciting. I'm very, very excited about this night. The 350th episode is something I thought about a few weeks ago. I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to have a a GWF Global Wrestling Federation tribute show tonight. So at the uh, Flavor of the Week, we're going to talk some. Uh, we're going to we're going to watch a uh, GWF from nine uh, from nineteen ninety three, uh, and we have uh, two guests on the show tonight. Former GWF alum alumni. Uh, it's going to be super duper fun tonight, and I'm really, really excited about it. So 
uh, within the 350th episode. First of all, I want to thank the Pancakes and Power Slams Nation, the PNP Nation, for having uh, for 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 the 350th episodes. For it's been six years and eight months, and it is so uh, I'm so indebtedly excited and, and uh, so uh, just uh, thankful uh, for the PNP Nation to be so supportive of the show. Uh, the, the, the best fans on the planet, as I always say, uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm super duper uh, excited. Uh, what's going on, Gabriel? What's going on, Buxton? Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. So we've got uh, a, a really fun uh, guest on the show. Uh, first of all, we got two former GFW stars, uh, uh, some former former GWF stars on the tribute show tonight. Uh, so it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, so get your questions ready. We'll be right back uh, with uh, one of the two guests, and it's going to be super duper fun. I'm really, really excited, and we shall be right back. Pancakes and Power Slams, 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio, featuring weekly interviews from WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, and NWA. Join us live every Tuesday at www.blogtalkradio.com slash pancakes and power slam. That's www.blogtalkradio.com slash pancakes and power slam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get this GWF show started right with the first guest on the show. He's rugged. He's the California stud. He is Rod Ice. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I made it to 350 on your show. How about that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. 350 uh, 350 episodes. I am super That's duper awesome. excited to uh, <clears throat> thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, super duper excited to have you on the show tonight, and uh, just just for the very fact that uh, G, the 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 GFW franchise, uh, you know, it's three years three years old. Although it was three years, uh, you know, it was something that was really. Uh, a catapult to just uh, all the, a lot of people being recruited to different places. A lot of people having very, very notable careers um, that were in the GWF roster. Now for those um, who aren't too familiar with Rod Price and as far as his GWF run, let the listeners know uh, how, who recruited you. I know there was, you know, Bill E.D. was real big at the time. Of course, uh, two of the, 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 you know, head honchos were uh, Bill E.D. and Joe Pettacino and also Bonnie Blackstone. And, uh, you know, they, they found a lot of talent. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent that we know nowadays who uh, became huge WWE guys. Now, let the listeners know what background you had before you came to GWF, 
who recruited you and how that all came about? Well, I started in California. I, uh, I uh, was trained by Red Bastine and Mondo Guerrero and I kind of fell into wrestling. Uh, just door kind of opened. And when I first started, I was doing independence. I was still playing football at the time. And then, uh, mm-hmm. Once football was done, I went on and uh, kept on doing independence, wanted to work more and more, so was able to uh, latch on to some AWA shows. At their, mm-hmm. It's tail end was uh, at the showboat in Las Vegas, and then kind of bounced around and ended up in Texas. And I had good friends of mine, Larry Dwyer and James Beard, both helped me out a lot. I, I mean, when I got to Texas, I had a lot of people uh, that just took me under the wing, uh, helped me out at Killer Tim Brooks. Bar, uh took me in and uh, got in the door. At, uh, I was in world class at the time and then uh, switched over to USWA. But they uh, got steady work uh, for for uh, really being, you know, first two years in, in the in the business, I was working study. I was very blessed, very fortunate, and uh, was able to go on. Uh, right before I went to GWF, I was in Puerto Rico for three months. And when I got back, Akbar said, hey, they're doing the same with GWF. Uh, Pedicino's coming in, you know, pumped it up big. So I was living in the area, and got on I got on to Akbar actually who uh, brought me in nice Gandor Akbar ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um and who was one a uh, very you know pivotal and very um huge part of uh, the GWF uh tenure the GWF run uh now were there uh, any plan like what were the initial plans for for Rod Price because um, I remember watching D- GWF when I was uh, a preteen, a, a teenager, and then also binging uh, a few years back on ESPN Classics, and also watching a little bit uh, just within you know recently again uh, for, to, to prep myself for the show. Now you now you were a big part of uh, GWF throughout the entire time. Were there any initial plans for you uh, coming right uh, right into the the company? Well, when I first got in, you know, if you if you remember back and think back of how loaded with talent UWF was, I mean, Cactus was there. You had Six Fox. I mean, you had you had a ton of talent that was on that roster. And yeah. when you're only doing, you know, when you're shooting. Uh, an hour, we used to call it, you know, it was showing at like 3.30 or something in the afternoon. It was supposed to be for kids after school. So uh, we called it the mm-hmm. after, after school special. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, everybody, you know, they brought me in, and Bill Eady, he uh, had me work with, uh, I think I worked with uh, Buffs for a while. I worked with... Uh, Del Wilkes for a while, a Patriot, and eventually, uh, while I was still under Joe, we ended up, we started uh, 
tossing around the idea of teaming up with uh, my good friend John Tatum. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, man. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We were talking about John Tatum. And, uh, you know, J- John Tatum had one of the best, some of the best facials in the Absolutely. history of professional wrestling. Would you agree? <laughs> we're, we're yeah. Down. Tatum, yeah. John should, uh, <laughs> you know, he missed his calling. I, I was slow, man. You should have been, you should have been an actor. You should have been a comedian, man. You put them all to shame. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Tatum. You know, he, he was so um he first of all he was hilarious. Just like you said, the the facials were absolutely hilarious. And you know, the very fact that, you know, he uh really played into his heel role. Uh and, and like oh, you yeah. said, when you were teaming with him, you didn't have to you didn't you didn't have to do much. You were just the, the you know, the heel um uh, that they needed uh just just to compliment Tatum. Because you know, yeah, I, I, I always was, said I was a straight man, you know. Yeah, yes, and, and Rod and John, you know, you turned John loose, and I was just, you know, I was the, I guess yeah. at the time I was a big bad heel that came in, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and like you said, I think that was, I think that's a perfect way to say it. You were the straight man, you know, to, uh, you know, to to, to Tatum's. Just uh, really animated, you know, character. So well, yeah, it was it was, it was really no, cool. there was no way you could top John. I mean, yeah. when we did do TV, <laughs> when we weren't doing TV and just house shows, you know, I mean, he would. I I was amazed, man. I, I learned so much from John, and I think through through the years, where we're still very good friends and talk to him a lot. But, uh, you know, I learned so much from him from the psychology part about the business. Mm-hmm. And and just being with him was uh, 24-7 riot. <laughs> it, was, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a party all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, what uh, you, you stayed, you stayed the, the whole time, weren't you? Yeah. Yes, I did. I uh, yeah. I was there with uh, Pedicino, and then when uh, uh, Greg Pearson took it over after uh, Pedicino left, uh, I still hung on. Uh, we were still tag teaming, and eventually I, I broke off into singles. And when I did that, uh, what happened was we were I got a deal with Japan, so I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to Japan, and we, when I was home, John and I would work maybe five or eight matches a night for TV taping mm-hmm. because I was going to be gone. So they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get it on film, have everything in the can, and um, they worked us to death. But uh, it was a great experience. I would do it all over again without any hesitation. Yeah, that's awesome. What are, what are some of your most memorable moments working, you know, in GWF? Well, I worked with uh, I worked with Al Perez. Uh, Al 
was such a smooth worker and you know, he was he wanted to be really light where I was a little more snug and you know, I'd play with him, you know, I, I knew how to work light, but just with Al, I'd, uh, you know, I'd lay it in every once in a while just to see his reaction. <laughs> but I enjoyed working with Al. I enjoyed working, you know, with Dale, uh, Patriot. Loved working with him. We worked with, uh, uh, my mind, chair shots right now. He'll come back. Mark Youngblood and Chris Youngblood. Uh, we tag teamed against mm-hmm. them. We tag teamed against uh, the Ebony, Ebony Express, Stevie Ray and Booker T. I mean, we just, uh, I have so many memorable matches, you know, it was, I had so many guys where it was a night off that, you know, you did, you knew you were going like, to walk out that ring the same way you walked in, you know, unscathed, no injury. So it was, it was an awesome time. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> throughout the, the three, what, what would you say, you know, some of the downfalls as far as, you know, there was a big, uh, it was a big deal, you know, that you had the big two at the time, you know, with uh, WWE and WCW. Uh, you still had, you know, an alternative, you know, brand with GWF that was you know, wanting to be, you know, a big, uh, a big uh, kind of alternative, but at the same time, competition as well. You had an ESPN spot, four o'clock, that was right. really huge. What do you think some of the downfalls were that only caused the the company to last three years? Well, when the uh, for me, and I, I've seen it in so many, uh, you know, upstart independents that you know, the <laughs> NWA for one of them, but uh, mm-hmm. it's always, you know, the guy that's the money guy that's backing it always wants to get in front of the camera, you know, sooner or later, uh, he's got to be, got to be out. And then he starts bringing in his friends and they got to be out there. And by the time, you know, it, it, they know nothing about the business and it just, it irritates the boys because we had to work with these guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had one one instance for absolutely no reason. One of these guys wanted to come out and put a pie in my face while I was doing a, an interview. There was no rhyme. Oh, wow. <laughs> and oh, no. that was just like, yeah, I mean, and that, mm-hmm. that's just a example. But uh, that's the first time oh, that uh, they were started writing scripts for people. They wanted us to say mm-hmm. this or say that. And I'm like, you know, if it's that easy, why don't you get in front of the camera and I'll stand over there yeah. and you can do it. Yeah. And it's like, they can't. Yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. You, know, you don't know yep. what you're going to say. You know, it's like, John, how are you going to give, you know, a script to John and say, all right, shoot this promo? He couldn't. It's yeah. like, I can't do this. I've had lived all my life. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way the business works. Yeah. So makes sense. Uh, you too. know, for me that was the downfall. You know, they got starstruck and wanted to be part of the show and they could see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate that uh, it only lasted, you know, three years and, and I remember as a kid, you know, how much I loved, you know, watching it as a kid and 
it was it was great. I uh, got a couple questions here. Um, uh, <laughs> got a got a comment saying your '80s run was uh, uh, GHP is saying my, uh, your '80s one was my favorite. Uh, here's another question here: How was it teaming with such a young Steve Austin, and how was the road life during your time? When I when I came in and uh, they kept me on house shows, and then uh, I want to say I'm trying to remember if it was Fritz might have been Barrett. I, I'm really foggy on that, but I really didn't have the exposure on the Texas TV, so they wanted to do the gimmick where they brought me out of the audience, and you know, I, first thing I was to do was get on carry. And then once I once we got in and they were going to use me, they said, well, you know, got blonde hair, you look like Steve, you guys make a good match. And uh, Steve was great. I mean, we were both cutting our teeth in the business, still green, and uh, trying to learn. We uh, Back in the day, I pushed start. Uh, Steve's car because his alternator was out and couldn't afford to buy a new one. So, uh, you know, we <laughs> that's, that's the way we uh, left to go to the show, and that's how we left the show to go home. I pushed started and mm-hmm. popped that clutch and on our way. But Steve, wow. was, uh, <laughs> Steve was always – he was always good to me. Uh, him and Jeannie both. I never had a problem with him. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, – do, do you still talk to John Tatum? Talk to him about every two to three weeks. Okay, he's doing great. Man, I, I got to. <laughs> I got to get you. Uh, I got to yeah, off air, man. We we got to get something together because I I got to bring Tatum on the show. I've I've been looking. I've been uh, searching for him. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Yeah. He, I got that it. Guy's hilarious. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame this last year, and he uh-huh. had a blast. He really did. Yeah, he was. That's awesome. He was John Tatum, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Hollywood for you. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's that's uh, that's awesome to hear. Rod, um, just I guess my last question to you is, uh, you know, just overall thoughts. Just uh, just you know, what what did you feel overall about your you know your time in, in GWF and uh, some pros, some cons, and would you? What would you have done different? Well, I think the probably my biggest regret was uh, I was working doing shows for Vince, and Sid Sid Vicious was just started booking at WCW, and uh, he took in uh, Stevie Ray, Booker T, and myself, and wanted to bring us into WCW. And I thought I had a sure thing with Vince, and I turned him down. And I wish I'd never done that. If I if I could go back in time and do something, I would have I would have gone to WCW. Mm, okay. And what year was this? Uh, this was probably '94. Okay. Okay. And what did you do after the '94? Um, after after GWF shut down in '94. What happened? Uh, what did you do after that? 
I went overseas. I was still working in Japan. I got on mm-hmm. with, uh, we'd go, we'd go overseas to, uh, Africa, Europe. I, I pretty much, uh, I worked in Mexico a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was blessed enough. The Lord, the Lord just took care of me and, uh, blessed me mm-hmm. enough to, uh, be able to, you know, stay busy when I came home, was able to do independence. Nice. There was all kinds yeah. of independence going on. So, do you uh, have you have you officially retired, or are you still uh, putting the boots on? You know, I make personal appearances. I uh, mm-hmm. I went down to the Freeport, Texas, and did kind of a personal appearance and uh, had a really good time. Uh, got the fever I've had. <laughs> I've had 23 surgeries, so I'm, I'm oh, wow. rebuilt. Yeah, I'm rebuilt. A lot of, you know, it's a mixture of wrestling and football. But, you know, I'm blessed. I'm able to get up every morning and uh, pretty much walk the stiffness off. I go to the gym with my, my best friend and my my future wife. And, you know, I'm, I'm just totally blessed. Tammy, right? You there, Ron? I'm here. Did you hear me? Yeah. Did I get Did I get your best friend's name right, Tammy? Yes, Tammy. Yes. Special shout out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you yeah, bet. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So real quick, uh, so, so I, I, forgot, I'm, I, I am curious. I've got a shout out to my son too. If I don't mention Logan oh, yeah. Mike, he wrestles at soft. I'll never hear the end of it. So son. This is for you. I love you. I'm putting you out there. <laughs> awesome, man. Logan Price, he, you said he wrestles as what? Yes, wrestles as Goth Black. Go- Goth he lives in Black. Georgia, right outside, of, right outside of Atlanta. Okay. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a good place to live as far as making it in the wrestling business. Uh, uh, so that's, a, that's, that's all, especially – you know the, the 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 history that comes with uh, with Atlanta. I believe that DDP still lives in Atlanta. So yes. if I'm not mistaken, yes. yeah. <clears throat> um, sounds good. So I'm, I'm I'm curious about something real quick. You said sure. that uh, in in '94 you got an offer by WCW. Yes. And was it uh, so '94 was Bischoff was starting to become prominent in uh, as far as executive concern who was it that uh, was it the matter of someone in the WCW kind of uh, uh, gave you kind of like a connection there was it was it Bischoff that was around at that time that uh, you talked to or or who was who was well, in charge Bischoff Bischoff I think was <clears throat> I don't I think he was coming up to take over but at the time Sid was was doing some booking and and doing some talent scouting so mm-hmm. you know he he wanted to bring in some of his guys and Booker okay. T, Stevie Ray, myself at the time it was uh it was at the sportatorium that he, that he asked us wow well you know um WCW lasted for seven years after that, so uh, right. it didn't have too long of a shelf life uh, in, in, in hindsight. So, 
um, you know, it, it uh, at least uh, you could say that you were a part of the GWF franchise and you were, you know, one of the Iron Man of GWF because you actually stay there from, from top to from start to finish, you know, so um, yeah, that, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, what, what belts did you, uh, win in GWF? Did you win any kind on GWF? Yeah, we held, I held the, uh, the, the heavyweight championship three, and Tatum and I held the tag team titles for three times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you held the, uh, the, the, the top, the top title. For some reason, um, I'm trying to figure out when, because I'm 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 kind of re- reminiscing as a kid <laughs> to remember when you won it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so I don't remember. I remember Wilkes had it that time. I remember Chris Adams had it toward the the latter parts of it. Um, and what what year did you have it? Um, I don't. You know, Chris and I kind of battled back and forth with that belt for a little bit. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Gary Hart managed you uh, but, for but, uh, too, right? I'm on the flank, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Totally. It's, it's totally fine. Gary Hart managed you for a while, too, right? Yes, he did. Yes. In fact, he Gary uh, started his own little promotion there at Texas. Texas Wrestling Federation, and okay. we were. I think I've heard. I think on Saturday, oh, because okay. I, I Steve and I, Steve and I tagged, we're tagging together for Gary too, and uh, mm-hmm. if we had another booking, Gary would put us on first so we can make the next show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Gary Hart was great. Yeah. Now, what year was, I mean, what day was uh, global, uh, were the global tapings? Uh, man, if I, if I can remember, I want to say 91, maybe. I'm, t- I'm sorry, as far as like what day of the week? Oh, what day of the week? It, uh, they always ran us. I'm sorry. They, okay. Uh, so Friday nights, uh, Friday nights we did TV tapings. Saturday we have a spot show, and mm-hmm. then uh, work other independents. You know, if it was a DWF show, we had to go. But if, uh, right. if they weren't okay. running, if they weren't running, we could work anywhere. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't an exclusive uh, type of deal for, for. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, I never knew that. Rod, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you kicking off Thank the GW so Trivia Show. Man, you know it's it's so funny because uh, you're you're one of the the Iron Man, the franchises of of GWF being there from from start to finish, and just really seeing the the, the talent come and go, and just really see the talent being developed within the GWF franchise and becoming, you know, huge stars. Uh, the, the, the list goes on as far as the names that uh, became, you know, huge right. stars. So yeah, absolutely. Broad has been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight, man. Thanks for having me. And thank you for the kind words. I'm very humble for him. 
Awesome, man. Best wishes to you, Rob, and uh, and uh, I'll I'll be contacting you. Uh, <laughs> I'll be contacting you soon about getting Tatum uh, on the show. We'll get Tatum going. I promise. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. All right, brother. Thank you so Bye-bye. much, man. Bye bye. Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen, rugged Rod Price, the California stud Rod Price. Man, what a way to kick off this GWF tribute show, and uh, it was great to have him on the show tonight. All right, so uh, I was able to contact my buddy Del Wilkes uh, uh, earlier today, uh, and he he also was willing to to be a part of the GWF tribute show. Uh, so let's uh, it, it's a, it's an interview that's, um, that that was. Uh, I had with uh, with Wilkes this morning. Uh, well, actually, it was this afternoon. So, <clears throat> so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get uh, Del Wilkes on the show, and we will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the GWS Tribute Show. We've had so much fun uh, so far. We got uh, some, some more fun to do now. This person, to me, he's been on the show before, uh, about three years ago, actually. So it's been time flies. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Uh, but, I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking of some names of when I was watching GWF back, uh, you know, there was only – Three years of GWF, nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety four, I believe it was. Uh, and this one, I watched GWF the whole time. And this person, uh, especially in the in the beginning stages of GWF, really helped launch the promotion to make it as popular as it was. And you know, he had the gimmick uh, to, to really. Uh, be just the ultimate babyface. And uh, we talked about him on the show recently. He's been on the show before, and I am so excited to bring on my guy, my friend, my buddy, the Patriot, Del Wilkes. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's it's, it's great to have you back on the show again, and uh, it, it's it's great to just really encapsulate this GWF tribute show with – the man, the, the, the franchise of GWF, Del Wilkes. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me, and I appreciate you doing this. I, uh, um, I think in a lot of ways, um, GWF was a very important three years in, in, in wrestling, and I also think a lot of times it's overlooked as well, too, as far as its importance and the impact it did have on the business. So I'm awfully thankful that, you, uh, that you're doing this. Fantastic. And you brought up a really, really good point that, you know, it was like, to, to me, it felt like uh, ECW, before ECW, you know, uh, began. So ECW was real big from about 94 to 2001. Within its seven years, it created such a cult-like following that you had so many people that came out of ECW that became Big stars, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, and, and, you know, and, and many others. Um, before that, it's, interestingly enough, before that, to me, was GWF, because you had the heavy-hitting promotions at that time were, of course, the WWE, WWF at the time, WCW. Those were the two big ones. You had AWA. Uh, just reaching its end, so it was a, 
uh, just a few years time, USWA transitioned into, you know, GWF. So the GWF to me was an opportunity for people to be known and notable. Uh, it didn't have uh, the, the, the big two feel, but still it had ESPN coverage. It had national television exposure. So Joe, Joe Pedicino, Bonnie Blackstone, all the executives that was at GWF at the time, they knew how to do business to get that national television exposure, and it really helped people like you. Oh, it did. It, it was very instrumental in helping launch my career. Now, I had already been exposed to a national TV audience through AWA. ESPN, yep. yeah, through AWA, the Trooper, uh, on ESPN. Yep. But when uh, when they went belly up, um, we had heard, when I say we, those of us within the industry had heard the rumors and sort of the rumblings of this new operation, this new company that was in the works. And, uh, you know, with Joe Pettacino, sort of a, the one that was uh, leading the charge to try to put this together, along with Bonnie Blackstone. Of course, Bill Eden was involved as well. And uh, for a long time, we just heard those rumors. There was supposed to be this hugely rich, successful businessman from Africa that was going to dump millions of dollars into the GWF and try to make it or put it on a competitive level with WWF, which is now WWWCW, and that never came about. But there was a lady uh, in Atlanta that um, had some family money and had made some money in the real estate business named Carol Lindsay, and her and her son Danny uh, were actually the ones that ended up being the financial backers uh, of uh, Global uh, initially when it started. And you, you, you were spot on a while ago. It was... Um, it was a good mixture of uh, young, up-and-coming guys like myself, uh, the handsome stranger, Marcus Bagwell, uh, Julie Lynn, uh, the one, two, three kid, or the lightning kid, Sean Waltman. And they did a good job of mixing that with guys that were already established superstars. Now, maybe some of them were on the downhill slide or the backside of a career, but they still had tremendous name recognition. And when you can bring those guys in, and just do all and, and combine it with the up-and-coming guys. I thought it was a great concept. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And and I think that that's really what helped launch names like you is because you had veterans to come in to really help put people like you over, you know, like uh, you know, like the Al Perez's and, 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 you know, names like that to really help, you know, with that concept of really – having an established name but still really helping people like yourself, you know, to, to, to put you over. And I think uh, with, with the GWF, you know, it's it, it really catapulted, you know, WWE's attention, as we saw, you know, with, uh, with yourself, with people like, you know, Justin Hawk, who became JBL, you know, and, and, and the soul taker who became, you know, the Godfather, comma, you know, Mustafa. And so when did you notice that the, of course, you know, Bruce Pritchard, you know, worked for GWF as well, yeah. you know, so when, when did you notice that the WWE, uh, that the GWF became so popular that it bec- that it grew the interest of the WWE recruits. Well, I had um, had uh, and this was the second time the WWE had reached out to me in the early, um, uh, even before the um, uh, the GWF time 
but then once GWF got established, uh, they reached out and contacted me again. Uh, we had Nick Busick, the big bully that, that left uh, Global and went to the WWE. So it was obvious that we were getting the attention uh, of the bigger companies. And um, they did a, you know, a real good job of blending that together. It was amazing that um, when you look at what we were able to do in a short period of time, and, and you had mentioned earlier about established guys that came in and put me over. You know, they had that North American tournament. Uh, they had the TV tournament. Yep. And we would, we would fly to Dallas every weekend, and on Fridays and Saturdays we would do our tapings there at the Global the Global Dome, which was a sportatorium. Yeah. And I had guys from Bill Eady to Stan Lane, of course, Al Perez, Buddy Landell. Uh, Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin, established names like that that yep. were willing to take a young guy like the Patriot, a brand-new gimmick, a brand-new character, and put him over in these tournaments on Nationwide TV. Yep. And without a question, that I mean, that really, really was a big deal for me, and it catapulted my career to a completely different level than where I had been previously. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, uh, you know, you, like you said, you were in, in the AWA as the trooper, um, and, and that gave you some television exposure. But, um, you know, I, I, and you said this before, but just, you know, for, for, for new fans listening, how did the Patriot gimmick even come about? Now, um, uh, you know, you, Del Wilkes, you – you looked, you know, the part, certainly looked the part. You were the, you know, uh, the, the all-American look, the, you know, the um, chiseled steel. You, know, I mean, the, you, you had, you had the, the Patriot look to you. Now, were there other names discussed to, to, to don the Patriot gimmick? Or was it, you know, like, okay, this Dale Wilkes guy, you know, he – he fits the mold 100%. Let's put the mask on him. To my knowledge, there was no one else that was discussed for the role. And I'll tell you how off guard it caught me. Uh, when this thing finally came together and we all realized there was going to be a global wrestling federation and we were going to have our, our very first TV taping in the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, and FedEx, the FedEx truck pulled up to my house one day and dropped my tickets off for that first weekend. Mm -hmm. I packed my trooper gear and took it with me because I had been told nothing else. Just we need you in Dallas for the very first global taping. There's some things we want to do with you and hope that you'll become a part of this, you know, new company. So, man, I'm there, and I arrive in Dallas. And, of course, all the talent stayed at the same hotel. And that Friday, literally just a few hours before we left to go to the building for the very first taping ever, uh, the very first show ever for Global, uh, I got a call from uh, Petasino, and he wanted me to walk over to his hotel room just across the parking lot. Uh, and I walk in, and there's Joe, uh, there's Bonnie, and, of course, there's Bill Eady. And they start laying out this idea for a patriotic character. And I take you back to 1990 or 91 when this happened. And our military has gone into Kuwait to liberate Kuwait mm -hmm. from where Iraq had occupied Kuwait. Mm -hmm. So naturally in the early stages of any kind of uh, military conflict like that, patriotism is really, really high. Yep. And it was then. And they said, well, we think we've got a concept and a character here where we can take advantage of where patriotism's at right now. And Bonnie literally had a grocery bag, an old-fashioned brown paper grocery bag that she unfolded. 
and pulled out a red, white, and blue mask, red, white, and blue tights, red, white, and blue trunks, and that was the first time it had ever been discussed with me probably two or three hours before we left to go to the building. Nice. And um, I thought it was a wonderful idea. Uh, I was all in, and they didn't need to twist my arm uh, to convince me to do it. And I'll tell you, that night when I walked down the aisle at the Sportatorium to go to the ring, first time fans had ever seen that character, that place erupted. Yeah. <laughs> and just just then I knew, man, we, we've got a chance to do yeah. something special here. Absolutely. I, you know, that's something that I noticed. And I think that it was a really good business decision, too, because – you you all were opposite WWE who were doing it from a different angle because they brought Slaughter in, you know, during the Desert Storm to be the antagonist. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because yep. you know, and, and 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 they were, you know, they were him and Adnan and and Sheik. You know, uh, they were they were uh, they, they were feuding against uh, Hogan as the heels in '91. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you know, uh, uh, Slaughter being the sympathizer, the Iraqi sympathizer, uh, being the GI Joe guy in AWA, and coming in and being the antagonist of the 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 uh, the, the, the U.S. antagonist of the the the, sympa- the Ford sympathizer, and the GWF did the opposite. They brought you in to become the you know the, the the protagonist for the patriotism, the the uh, you know the person who were standing up against you know all of the uh, all of all of the the, the war and all, and all of the adversaries and and I think that that really helped GWF too having an alternative angle that really helped as far as the fans wanting that type of you know uh, model for 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 the United States opposite of Slaughter, who was the antagonist of the WWE. I agree completely, and I think that's a very good point. And I'll tell you something else I think that helped make it work. And uh, you know this just as well as I do, or anybody that's ever uh, tried to work a character and get a character over or a gimmick over. Uh, I think it's got to be something you feel very comfortable with, something that's almost an extension of you. Mm -hmm. And that character was. uh, I'm not saying I'm any more patriotic than anybody else I meet on a daily basis, but I'm truly head over heels in love with my country. Mm -hmm. I know it's not a perfect country, but it's the greatest country that's ever, ever existed. And I've always wore that patriotism on my sleeve for everyone to see. So it was a very, very easy transition for me to become that character because it truly was. It was it was who Dale Wilkes was and just just an extension of Dale Wilkes. So it was very, very easy for me to do that. Yeah. So I guess my last question to you, Dale, is just in the three years of GWF, now you were there on the front end and really helped catapult uh, the launch of, of GWF. You were there, what, 91 and 92? Right, and then you end up going That's to good. WCW and then WWE. Um, so the first half of, uh, of of GWF, you really helped launch, you know, the popularity of the company. Just as an overall, uh, you know, thoughts overall, just uh, takeaway, just reminiscent of something that 
was uh, almost well, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's yep. crazy that time flies. Uh, almost 30 years ago, in hindsight, right now, and just how GWF really helped your career. What are you just what are your, what are your takeaways on just that experience? Well, it helped my career tremendously because actually. I left GWF not to go to WCW or WWE, but I left to go work full-time for Japan. Japan. Yeah, yeah. Japan, yep. And that was a big deal for me because while doing the Trooper character, I had an opportunity to go to Japan and work for Baba, and I didn't do a very good job. I just probably was way in over my head at that particular time early in my career. But when they had a chance to see me again, more developed, more mature, more yeah. experienced, body more developed, and they really wanted me to come back, and that led to a full-time job there. Mm-hmm. So it really helped push my career to that next level. But not only that, it did for so many others. It was a springboard for so many other guys uh, to take their career to the next level and to take it to the bigger stage. And I'll tell you the impact of it, you still feel today because I'm still out there amongst the wrestling fans and doing uh, personal appearances occasionally and things like that uh, and being contacted through wrestling fans through social media, Facebook or Twitter. I mean, there's not a week goes by that somebody doesn't reach out to me uh, and talk about what an impact watching the GWF had on them as a fan. Basically, like you said in the introduction here, how when you were a teenager and you got home from school and and I hear that story over and over again, it was the highlight of their teenage years, Mm -hmm. maybe even younger years, to get home from school, get your homework done, get your chores done, and sit down at 4 o'clock Eastern time and watch watch the Global Wrestling Federation. So I tell you, it's just a special feeling to be a part of something like that. The the impact is still felt today, and the wrestling fans can share that with you. Yes, I agree. I guess my last thought, you know, I was thinking thinking this one thought before we close here. As a kid, as as a preteen, as a teen, watching GWF, you know, you were my favorite. GWF wrestler period, and then when you went to WCW, had the tag titles with Bagwell, uh, became a, a huge name uh, in the WWE during the Attitude Era. As a kid, and during the Attitude Era, I was in high school. Why in the world did you not win the WWF championship? Well, I, it it was plain and simple injuries. Uh, I got there. And uh, almost immediately, I was uh, put into the program with Brett. He had turned heel, and he was the face of the company, and he was on this pro-Canada, anti-America rant going all over the world with it, actually. And so it was just, it, it felt like a glove, a hand in a glove for he and I to work together and work that angle. And I came in, I mean, you couldn't come in any better than coming right into the company and working the program with their top guy, their champ, the face of their company. But plain and simple, it all ended because my body failed me. I, I got there. I was beat up. I was damaged goods when I got there. I had two major, major injuries. I blown a knee out. That knee has since been replaced three times. Uh, I had blown my tricep out. Both of those were done in Japan. And uh, I was on borrowed time when I got there, Chris. And my body, unfortunately, just was not able to uh, to take me any further than it went, and that's just that's the bottom line. As Steve would say, plain and simple. Yeah. 
Well, 20 years later, I have peace of mind on that because I was, because I was always wondering why didn't he win the title, you know, because I was such a big fan. And uh, But, yeah, I, I can definitely understand, you know, the, the injury bug as, as far as uh, why that would, would keep you. But, you know, despite that, you, you had such a phenomenal career, and the GWF was what really uh, caused you to do it. So, I really thank you so much for being a part of this GWF tribute show. To me, GWF wouldn't be GWF if it wasn't for the Patriot Dale Wilkes, so I really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate those kind words, and again, appreciate you reaching out to me, and I hope you and all of the fans listening to your show have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Awesome. You too, Dale. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, Dell Wilkes, the Patriot Dell Wilkes, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I really hope that you enjoyed uh, the two-parter. First, uh, Rugged, the California stud route, Rod Price, and then uh, right after that, <clears throat> the Patriot Dell Wilkes. So, uh, wow, that's uh, that was awesome, man. And it ain't, it ain't over yet. We're going to review a 1993 episode of uh, of, <laughs> of uh, GWF uh, at the end of the show, too. So, you know, it's so funny, man. I, I really don't want to do anything else. Uh, <laughs> we got a few headlines. Uh, we got just raw and SmackDown grades. But, man, you know, I, I'm I'm feeling like a, a, a kid again uh, 25 years ago. And, and uh, I, I'm listening to interviewing um, – Rod and uh, Dell today, man, it just really, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it just really makes me want to just stay in the GWF vein. So we're gonna have some fun at the end of this show. We're actually gonna look at a, uh, a the episode of uh, of of the um, GWF. So from from 1993. So. So exactly 25 years ago was uh, <laughs> the GWF episode that we're going to listen to, that we're going to look at. And so, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's let's skim through this. Uh, really, like 15, 20 minutes <clears throat> headlines. We're all on SmackDown. And let's really get into this. First of all, thank you all for your prayers. As you can see, I feel much better. Still a nagging cough here and there, but just physically, I feel much, much better. So, um, <clears throat> so thank you so much. And it feels good to, you know, as as Jake Roberts would say, man, it's good to be back. He didn't say man though. He said an expletive that uh, you know I don't I don't use profanity. So <laughs> I'll just say man, man, it's good to be back. So Jake Roberts, uh, you know, in the words of Jake Roberts. It's great to be back. Great to feel much better. Interesting enough, I just started feeling better probably today, yesterday, <laughs> and uh, I'm so thankful. <clears throat> Thank God that I, I'm, in, uh, you know, I feel much better for the show. So, thank you all for listening to Dale Wilkes. <clears throat> thank you all for uh, listening to Rob Price live, and uh, let's get right into. The headlines, and then I'm really excited to see this, <laughs> to watch this GWF with you all. Uh, I watched it earlier today, and uh, I just, first of all, I just can't, I couldn't stop with smiling and laughing, and it was just funny, <clears throat> you know, 
first of all, you, you, you get – I always thought, I think I've said this on the show before, how much I really, I, how much I loved Black Bart. Now, as a kid, he was a, he was a big heel. I couldn't stand him at the time. And, you know, growing up, I, I didn't like Black Bart because he was a bad guy and, and he was a villain and, you know, for the most part of his career. And, uh, but I loved him on the mic, though. He'd always say, gum," you know, and it started, <laughs> the episode started, and it was just a random episode that I picked. And it started off with Black Bart. I said, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good episode to watch," and I really did enjoy it actually. So uh, it was definitely reminiscent. You know, twenty five years ago it was it was really cool. So uh, I'm really excited about it. And uh, let's get through these headlines real quick. Talk about Raw and SmackDown real quick, and then we'll get to uh, watching the GWF episode together. All right, so here we go. Headlines. All right, so let's talk about Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania 35 opponent. So Dave Meltzer said that uh, Seth Rollins is uh, in the driver's seat to be Brock Lesnar's opponent. And you saw it, you know, the seeds were playing it last uh, night on Raw. Um, and I, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Now... I don't know how I feel about this. Now, granted, Seth Rollins is one of my favorites currently right now. He probably is in my top three as far as males are concerned. Uh, Big Seth Rollins fan. But I don't know. It's just uh, something – there's something missing about that main event to me. There's There's just some type of intangible that's just missing. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't reek like star power to me, like what personally, because you know I think about because I'll be there and I'm thinking you know Lord willing I'll be there and I and I'm thinking about like yeah most of the time I'm there is going to be work related but you know I enjoy Mania every year you know and so Thursday Friday Saturday I'm up you know morning till wee hours in the uh <clears throat> early morning to wee hours in the morning doing coverage going to event after event i mean last year was busy but this year was even busier i was i was hopping from indie show to indie show to indie show doing interviews <clears throat> as we saw um as you saw on the wrestling inc page i um i did interviews with uh garza junior billy gunn um teddy hart uh, Lance Hoyt. Um, who else did I interview? Interviewed um, a lot of people. <laughs> it was, it was. Um, I did a. I was at the um, the Wild and Mania. Did some coverage there uh, uh, with the Mark Henry interview. I'll actually be there this year, uh, 2019 too. Um, I, I work together, have a good relationship with. Uh, MLW and I'll be doing some uh some coverage for their show. Uh so you know it's it's gonna be busy. <laughs> and I usually use the, the WrestleMania as kind of like the the bow of the weekend to, to really enjoy the show. And you know, when 'cause I'm I'm really so it makes me really get into it as far as um the the main events and, and really look forward to the show. 
And man, I, I was just, you know, I don't know how I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, there's Brandon said, uh, Seth feels like a mid Carter. Yeah, he does. Um, but I, I like the fact that he is, you know, intercontinental champion. I think that he's done a really good job with really pushing the intercontinental championship. Um, I, I really like, like I said, I really like Seth Rollins. I think he's fantastic. Uh, one of my favorites on the show right now. But I don't know. It's just an intangible to me that I don't know. Maybe my well, I was going to say maybe my expectations are too high, but I don't think so. I think your expectations should be high when it comes to WrestleMania. Uh, you know, when I think of WrestleMania, I think of Andre Hogan. That that is the main events of WrestleMania. That's the type of feel that people should have when they look at WrestleMania. It should be the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. And, and you know, so Sufi says, I hope you're feeling better this week, Chris. I appreciate it. Sufi, I am feeling better. I'm feeling much better. Thank God. Uh, praise Jesus <laughs> that I feel better because uh, it's been a tough two weeks, a very, very tough two weeks. Uh, but I feel much better now. So it's awesome. And it's great to be back. <laughs> it's great to feel better. Um, so yeah, but yeah, just WrestleMania just doesn't, oh, Seth versus Lesnar just doesn't give that appeal to me. I mean, last time we saw it, Seth was a heel. Um, you know, that's really, that's really where the burn it down came from. Suplex city. I'm going to burn suplex city to the ground. So yeah, for mania though, I don't know. Uh, you know, there, there's also some rumors of The Rock. See, I don't know if I see The Rock ever competing again. again. But uh, thank you, Sufi. <laughs> great, great timing. Ask Chris, who would you go instead of Rollins? I would go The Rock. Now, granted, if The Rock can't compete, I understand. Um, <clears throat> you know, the WWE has done a terrible job really pushing people and making people feel like a million bucks. Now, I still stand by the fact that I think Drew McIntyre is going to win the Royal Rumble. But I still don't see Drew versus Lesnar because I don't I don't like Lesnar as a babyface. I don't think he should be a babyface. I think his soul I think his role should be to put people over. Honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Cena. To be, I hope it's not Cena. See, here's the thing, and I've also said this too. Uh, I think I would be totally on board with Lashley breaking up from Leo Rush because I still stand by the fact that Bobby Lashley is he's not bit benefiting at all with being with uh from from being with Leo Rush. Not at all. And so I think that I would be totally on board with um with Lashley Lashley um turning, you know, going away from Leo Rush, turning on Rush, becoming a baby face, saying that this project has not helped me. It seems like this whole time you've been wanting to get yourself over. You've been wanting to make yourself look like a star. You know, uh, I, I've been in the in the in the sidelines. Have Lashley win the Royal Rumble, and I think Lashley versus Lesnar, I'd be totally on board with that. Hundred percent on board. Now that has that that has more of a big fight feel because that's a dream match to many. 
So that, that's been talked about for years. I think that Brock versus Lashley would be a, a great WrestleMania match. Fantastic. And here's the thing. I think that and and they've and to me they've done a very poor job with um with the Seth versus Ambrose feud. I was not expecting Ambrose to be gas mask, you know, this city stinks type of heel. He his his ability to be a heel is much better than what WWE is giving and allowing for him. And it's terrible to me. I'm not a fan of Ambrose's heel run. It seems like he's been it seems like he's being bridled, uh, which I don't like at all. And I actually thought, and maybe maybe I did overthink this. Uh, maybe, maybe I did it not overthink it, but maybe my expectations were too high. I actually thought that um, Rollins and Ambrose could have had a main roster feud similar to how Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had. Um, so, so it's obvious because people were just sucked in that feud, and it was a fantastic feud. It lasted, you know, he was gone. You know, it lasted what over a year, two years, and so his injury, counting his injury, the turn, uh, you know, the, the the rematch, and you know, main eventing takeover. I was actually there this year when it main evented takeover uh, in New Orleans. Fantastic match, and just a sequence of matches after that. I thought it was fantastic. It was it was probably the best feud of the year actually with Gargano and Ciampa, and. I thought that the WWE was going to be creative enough because there's a lot of history with, with Ambrose and, and Rollins. There's a ton of history. I actually thought that they're going to be creative enough to have a um, an angle similar to Gargano and Ciampa, just with the emotion involved. Ambrose has the ability to, have, to, to be a, a hated heel like Ciampa is, you know, especially from his independent days. You know, we know that Ambrose has the ability to draw heat and he does a good job at it. But uh yeah, I mean WWE has failed. <laughs> they have done a poor job with um with doing that. And I'm disappointed, honestly. I'm really disappointed. It's you know, and just and Raw is Raw period is it was it's it's been disappointing, of course. And it's funny that they actually made it an angle. Uh, <laughs> that Raw's been bad. So I guess that was their way to save face that uh, Raw's been bad. So let's just make it an angle, which is odd. Um, so, you know, Seth versus Lesnar, I'm not on board with. Lastly versus Lesnar, I'm much more on board with. Rock versus Lesnar would be the marquee uh, match. So Rick Flair to t- uh, clear, <laughs> Rick Flair clear to take bumps again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, he's almost 70 years old. I think he turned 70 in February, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, he's still talking about taking bumps. He was uh, on the Austin podcast, and uh, <laughs> he was he was saying the guys, has, the, the guys have cleared me to do anything now, is what he said. Uh, he can take bumps. He can do anything. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Flair, just uh, – you know, he's obsessed to those back body drops. 
I do not want to see Flair in the ring in any capacity. I would be cringing. Um, Sufi's asking, where does Ambrose go from the feud with Rollins? I thought he'd uh, blow off uh, when coming to a mania. I agree. I, I thought that the blow off should have uh, should be a mania. I still think I still feel that way. I think the blow off should be a mania. Um, gives them you know four good months from now to really continue their feud. Their feud has barely even started. And, you know, give them four good months to, to really uh, put a lot of emotion. You know, like I said, similar to Gargano and Ciampa. Give them some time. Build the emotion up. Have the blow-off match, uh, the culmination be at, at Mania. You don't even – honestly, you know, I'm a big fan of – I'm not a big fan of people saying you don't need championships because I think that people need championships – but this match doesn't even ha- doesn't have to be for a title. Um, you can make it for the Intercontinental title if you want, sure. Uh, but it doesn't need a title. I mean, it, that's that's how much emotion should be at least uh, in this feud that it doesn't need a championship. And you know it's unfortunate. It really is uh, because they've done a poor job with really making it something. Um, and, you know, Rollins and Ambrose should, should have closed Mania. I mean, it should have closed at Mania. It shouldn't have closed Mania, but it should have closed at Mania. And, um, but now they seem like they're trying to hot shot it. Like, they do a lot of stuff. They hot shot stuff way too quick. I actually thought that uh, Angle and McIntyre should have waited, too. I don't think they cause, – because now his match against Angle's forgettable. Like, you got a Hall of Famer. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Kurt Angle, they do a one-off match against Raw, and now it's a forgettable match. You know, build it up. To me, they should have done. They should have waited until the Rumble to do it. Um, if you're not going to have Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble, they should have waited to to wait to waited to the Royal Rumble to have him against Angle. And uh, you know, even if McIntyre doesn't win the Rumble, he could have. Um, you know, he he could have beat Angle at at, uh, at Rumble and, and could have made something real big with it. Quite unfortunate. So, <clears throat> um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, they they're doing a really poor job with uh, with really building. And I, now they're doing decent with McIntyre, but they can do a lot better too. McIntyre's hundred percent the you know the hottest name on. Uh, raw right now, and I just think that they could do a better job with really making him feel even like a bigger star. And you know, sorry, sorry, Dolph Ziggler, sorry, Finn Balor, but neither Ziggler or Balor make Drew McIntyre look like a bigger star. And sorry, you know, and, and Balor both. Balor and Ziggler are fantastic workers in the ring, but neither of them make um, uh, make him feel like a star. So it's unfortunate. We'll get to TLC TLC predictions at the end of the show. Uh, all right, so let's skim through this stuff so we can watch some GF uh, some GWF. Um, yeah, I agree. Drew is the man, Gabriel. Uh, Amber Moon's husband rips Nia Jax. Uh, deleted tweet, according to some some uh, some some uh, reports. 
Um, called her an unsafe moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple things. One, uh, be careful because the WWE watches that. Um, it's probably why it's deleted because Ember Moon probably told him to, you know, delete the tweet because WWE watches everything. Uh, trust me, I know I've had, uh, I know people currently in the WWE that tells me that, and I'm, I've stayed a lot of good relationships with former WWE guys, and they tell me that WWE watches everything, social media, like WWE or social media magnets, um, they watch everything. So be careful. However, I will say, I will say that I can understand Matthew Palmer's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, he, he, he's married to Amber Moon and he wants his wife to feel safe in the rain. I mean, is that too much to ask? Really? Is it, is it too much to ask that, that, you know, he's an indie wrestler, so he understands how it's important to protect the wrestlers. He wants his wife to stay safe in the ring, and Nia Jax has been notorious for, you know, close calls. I mean, her matches against uh, Charlotte almost broke her neck with the shoulder block that went awry, swinging uh, Sasha Banks around, almost jacked her up, uh, botched against Bailey, almost jacked her up. So, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't any man want to protect his wife? Yeah, simple as that. I mean, that's you can't you can't get mad at, at him getting upset because of the pattern that Nia Jax has had. I mean, of course, br- breaking Becky Lynch's face. So you know, you know he's uh, he's want to protect his wife. He's he's upset uh, at you know the pattern that Nia Jax has and. That's that. So, trivia, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? This person became the first WWE champion in 1963. Uh, Sophie said, I crapped myself when Nia screamed my during her promo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely need to work on the promo game. That's for sure. All right, real quick. Raw and SmackDown grades. Just give me the, the your grades for Raw and SmackDown. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's get into some GWF um, uh, stuff. So just give me your grades for Raw and SmackDown. Um, <clears throat> she needs to go back to wrestling school. She needs to go back to NXT. I mean, I understand, you know, she's had some big prominent mania spots. She's had, you know, she's uh, been woman's champion. I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. But, you know, go to NXT. Um, you know, earn your stripe again. Um, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so Raw. Um, the Rollins-Corbin match was decent. Um, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, Leo Rust defeating Elias. What in the world is that all about? You know, what is going what is going on? Um Yeah. I I'd give it a C. Still don't like McIntyre Ziggler, but at least it kinda made Ziggler. You know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I like 
I've said this before. I like Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable. So, uh, yes, Buddy Rogers. Good job, Brandon. The nature boy, Buddy Rogers. Um, uh, Yeah, so them winning the titles. But here's here's my deal. Why didn't they just wait for TLC for that? Why didn't they just make it a gimmick match? If they want to do the three-on-two handicap, why didn't you just do a ladder match? Because it would have protected AOP if they would have lost the ladder match because they wouldn't have been pinned. Yeah, they kind of protected them, you know, um, by pinning Maverick. But I don't know. Why didn't you just wait until TLC? The the pay-per-view is days later, and you did the change on the go-home show before the pay-per-view on Raw. It seemed like it just didn't make sense. Um, thinks the, the, they'll get the titles back at the TLC, Gabriel says. Yeah, I can see that happening. So, Is it too late for the Bobby Roode turn? I, like I said, I like Roode and Gable. Uh, I understand that they're looking more alike with the, with the gear. Um, <clears throat> I think Gable should have kept the singlet, though. Um, nah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Corbin did a very good on on Raw. Uh, I, I I like Corbin. I think that um, <clears throat> I think that Corbin's doing a, a, a really good job in his role. The Heath Slater thing was interesting. So yeah, I mean a C plus. No, nah, solid C. It was a C minus. It was like a D minus for me a couple weeks ago. I think C minus last week. Solid C. So, yeah, I agree. The the heel turn doesn't have as much um, impact now. All right, Lee Raw D, SmackDown C. Sufi Raw D, SmackDown C. Gabriel both are a C. Um, GHP Raw was a solid B. Uh, SmackDown was a C minus. Expected so much more. It was high for that rap battle. Nothing, uh, rap battle, nothing compared to <clears throat> last year. Um, yeah, nothing much came out of SmackDown for me. Um. Yeah, just a lot of promos leading up to matches, but yeah, it wasn't uh, very exciting for me. So that is that. All right, so I'm I'm ready. I'm ready, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ready to watch me. Uh, you know, uh, in the in the in in the words of uh, <clears throat> Black Bart. I'm ready to watch me some daggum <laughs> GWF, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get uh, let's get on it. Let's get on it. Uh, I got some a few more trivia questions r- real quick before we get this <clears throat> together. Um, let's do. Here we go. Let's do this one. <clears throat> Who was in charge of uh, WWE? Before who was in charge of ECW before Paul Heyman? <clears throat> who was in charge of ECW before Paul Heyman? All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get on with this GWF. I'm I'm really excited about this, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be really fun, um, <clears throat> and. Um, Let's bring it on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, GWF, this is fun. <clears throat> and uh, let's see, let's bring this on here. 
All right. GWF. <laughs> Here comes Doyle King, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Todd Gordon Lee, yeah, good job. <clears throat> so we got uh, Doyle King and uh, Daggum <laughs> Black Bart. Uh, okay, so here's the funny thing. This guy, Mark Valiance, I don't, I don't even remember who he is. Uh, yeah, Ahmed Johnson, Moadib, Moab, um, <clears throat> Gabriel. <clears throat> so they're plugging Mark Valiance as a uh, uh, as a valiant, uh, as a Von Eric, that's that to me. That's the funniest thing ever. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. I know for a fact that he's a Von Eric. So this Mark, see, that's the funny thing, man. This Mark Valiant. Speaking of, there he goes, Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen. We just had him on the show, uh, uh, on the on the top of the show. There he is. The California stud of Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. Dallas Sportatorium, man. Uh, I heard that it was a mess in there. And there, was, it's, it, there were rats and it was hot. Uh, it was funny. Look at that. Look at, look at how bad that was. Look at how bad that ring looks, man. And why in the world would they take a, a video? <laughs> why, why would they do a close-up? On how bad the uh, the ring looks, uh, so they're so they're booking this Mark Valiant guy as as uh, a Von Eric. I have I don't remember who this guy is, right here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> the Mark Valiant guy. I don't I don't. But it's funny that they they're like, yeah, he's he's a Von Eric. <laughs> Oh, he said, I'm going to look up some papers on you. <laughs> yes, CJ, that gum's flying everywhere. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's uh, Look, nothing. Rod's cutting up uh, inset promo. <clears throat> Nothing's going on. We can't hear him at all. Uh, yeah, GHP, if you ask me, Sonny Steve got the shorts gimmick from Rod. Yeah, that's I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> that gums, yeah, I love it, man. That gums flying everywhere. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, Black Bart somehow, man, he was uh, very upset that that he that he's not admitting that he's a Von Eric mullet power. <laughs> that's hilarious. Valiant. <clears throat> go go get you a bowl of cereal, GHP. <laughs> we'll be watching this for a little bit. Probably the next twenty, twenty five minutes or so. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Watch your mouth, boy. Watch your mouth. Mark Valiant. <clears throat> Do your, there it is, CJ. Do your dadgum job. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> <clears throat> There's supposed to be one for all and all for one. You know what I mean? These stupid referees don't do their daggum job. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Black Bart was the man. <clears throat> we'll be right back. And there's not a daggum thing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, vicious arm drag GHP. That's correct. <clears throat> the raw price man. Uh, he was just on the show at the beginning of the show. So yeah, it's great opening opening match for for this uh, GWF show we're watching, and it was great to have him on the show. This uh, <clears throat> at the top of the show. So kudos to Rod Price. There it is. Give him out the daggum hair. We need to do some daggum tallies for daggum uh, Black Bart. <laughs> you tell me that I ain't biased? He even made he even made Doyle King laugh. Now that's something. That's hilarious. <clears throat> right. Classic pull the hair, exactly. <clears throat> yes, the ref meant so much back then. I totally agree with that. Yes, sir, buddy. <clears throat> Black Bart, man. Oh, you got to love him. Black Bart is the man. <clears throat> you got one, buddy. <laughs> Do your dad gum job. All right, so we know the uh we know the result for this. <clears throat> this is a wow. All right. Hey, there it is again. Referees, do your dad gum job. The ring post back then was as thick as the LEDs today. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Here it is. Old school. <coughs> oh! And it's over. Old school. Chain in the tights. Old school, man. 
<clears throat> Love it. California stud. <clears throat> Moa Deeb. Let to see some Ahmed Johnson. <clears throat> there it is. Mm. There it is. Mm. You're going to shine my shoes in the sportatorium. <clears throat> Scandor Akbar. All right, here comes Moadib. <clears throat> I was a big Ahmed Johnson, Mark, <clears throat> when he went to the WWE in the beginning. Mm. That's a hill promo. <clears throat> Sounds a lot like Rusev how 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 he used to be. Now, yeah. Yeah, I heard that too, GSP. Now watch this botch. Nothing. <clears throat> and then Doyle and then Doyle King plugged it as you know as a knee. Oh, watch the knee <clears throat> and whatever that was. <laughs> More deep. <clears throat> Mm. Just levels Rick Long. <clears throat> Mo <Mo'a> Deep. <clears throat> That's a good point. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That was like a head dive. <clears throat> that was a real diving headbutt. <clears throat> Whatever that is. A daggum silent. <laughs> yeah, Gabriel. Those Coco be wearing Owen hard pants. High energy. <laughs> now, some type of sitting, kneeling, full Nelson. That was, that's his finisher. <laughs> that old boy has been in a fight. He doesn't even know it. <clears throat> Here comes a mercenary. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this guy was also um, <clears throat> the ultimate solution in WCW, I think it was. I may be wrong about that, but I think he was that, too. Um, yeah. <clears throat> 
the mercenary in the Sabu pants. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Okay, so Robert Swinson. <clears throat> yeah, passed away in 1997 at age 40. Okay, yep. The final solution, the ultimate solution, yep. So he was <clears throat> the ultimate solution in WCW. Um, yep. He was a part of the alliance in, in Hulkamania, yep. I thought I thought that was him as well. Had a hiccup in the WCW uh, with uh, the Alliance in Hulkamania. <clears throat> Don't remember this guy, <laughs> but yeah, right. Looks a lot like Brian Nobbs. <clears throat> That's hilarious. So they're plugging uh, GWF at the time. It seemed like they're really trying to link up with like nonprofit organizations at this time. Looks like the deals weren't as strong as they used to be. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> gotta skip the theme music here. There's Chaz, uh, Tug Taylor's. Now here's the thing: um, the witch doctor Baboose, this guy here, um, man, like. He's, I. He sounds just like Mark Henry. I mean, just like like if I would have if I if I didn't know better, I would have thought that this guy was Mark Henry. But he's he was a manager. He was the witch doctor, boost the witch doctor, and yeah. So, but yeah, I was. He sounded because he was doing commentary too, and he sounded just like Mark Henry. Um. Yeah, so Chaz was Tug Taylor, Tugboat Taylor, um, uh, his son. So um, there was nothing much going on with here. Um, this match was kind of long, though. <laughs> so Chaz wins. We'll forward it here. Talk about patriotic. Oh, did they, they throw it out? Did they throw the match out? Why do they call this match? <clears throat> oh, okay. There it is. There's the DQ right there. They threw the match out because uh, Buxton uh, <clears throat> pushed the uh, pushed the ref. So Buxton cuts a promo at the at the end here. Here we go. Yeah, Greg Valentine here. Mama's gonna have your job. Jump, jump tube. I have no idea who this guy is. I I, I looked him up uh, earlier when I was watching it, and I was like, I I don't know. I don't. He goes by Crybaby uh, Francis Buxton, 
but he, you know, he's saying that, you know, call me fearless Francis Buxton, but I don't know. I don't know who that is. <clears throat> so, so here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Chris Adams. Yeah, the teams. Yeah, that's that's a good point. John Hart, JBL. Look at that, man. Look at that. Oh, man. Face-to-face, and then, oh, and then they plugged it like, it's coming. I think that's Jarrett. Yeah, that's Jarrett. Call what they were showing for this. Okay, so they were showing USWA stuff too. I remember showing. I remember seeing that. I remember they they showing USWA stuff as well. Jared was the man in USWA, of course. That's that's Terry Gordy, man. Gordy was the man. <laughs> JBL looks like a skinny Cassius owner. That's a good point. That's hilarious. I think so for USWA jump. I think that was Mark Lawrence. I've had him on the show before too. Um, <clears throat> I might have a world class tribute too. That would, actually that would be fun. Bring Mark Lawrence back on the show. Yeah, that sounds like Lawrence. So they're showing the USWF match, USWA match here. Gordy blocked it. There it is. Boom. Getting ready for the spike. Oh. (laughs) There's John Hawk. Big John Hawk. <clears throat> Gentleman Chris Adams. He's the he was the champ at the time. Doesn't he sound like Mark Henry? Four times. Yeah, that's uh that's uh JBL, John 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 Hawk as he was at the time. No, that's not Tony Savannah, that's Doyle King. There it is, there's Black Bart. <laughs> All all he needs to say is that's what I do. No, man, Black Bart, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Oh, this is for the Daggum Heavyweight title. <laughs> oh, man. That is incredible, man. I love it. <clears throat> this is so much better than a perfectly orchestrated WWE. Yes, I agree. I agree, Jim, too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Every stinking one of you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> All right, so we've got to do uh TLC predictions. So I'm going to I'm going to uh zoom past here to let's see. So Chris Adams plugging his wrestling school as a part of the show. All right, let's go to the uh Let's go to the end of it. Super kick. Super kick. What's the good question, Gabriel? Uh, probably probably both. Did this type of wrestling end with the start of the attitude era or because of the internet? Be both. <clears throat> For those who listen to the audio. Version. We are looking. We are looking at an episode of um, GWF uh, from the Dallas Sportatorium. Right now, the the main event is uh, <clears throat> Gentleman Chris Adams, who's the champion, going against uh, John Hawk, who uh, later became WWE champion JBL. <laughs> oh, there's the ref bump. Oh, there it is. There's the cowbell. The King Booker bun is on point tonight, bro. Here you go. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Super kick. There it is. Adams wins. Adams wins. <laughs> Black Bart comes in. No, I mean that gum didn't. I agree, Gabriel. Wish fans were like that at today's live events. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> Calling for Ice Man. Chris Adams. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, wow, wow. GWF <laughs> episode 129. Man, that was so fun. Um, wow. Uh, I hope you all enjoy what we're going to do some uh, uh, predictions real quick uh, for the uh, TLC. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was this episode, again, thank you to Rob Price. Thank you to the Patriot Dale Wilkes for both being on the show tonight. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful show. GWF Memory Lane. Man, this has been absolutely fantastic. So thank you all for 
going down memory lane with me. So, all right, let's get to the predictions for TLC. Now, let's rewind. Let's fast forward 25 years later <laughs> and uh, the predictions for the uh, for the TLC pay-per-view. Let's, um, let's see what is on this. Uh, let's see. TLC for 2018. Let me bring up the card here. So we can um, go over it. Let's see. All right, give me your thoughts real quick on uh, just the, the GWF episode today. Just, uh, that episode of what you saw. Grow up never dies, according to Bradshaw. Yep. <clears throat> Today's wrestling fans are too sensitive. They're not allowed to be Signs. Mighty New Day's Time Machine. I'm still still stuck in GWF. Yeah, I, I agree, James. I agree with that, man. Stuck in GWF, man. That was a what a night. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to watch that, man, with you all tonight. Um, let's get to the DLC. Yeah, that was super fun, y'all. That was <laughs> I really enjoyed myself uh, watching that one, y'all. Alright, so we have uh, let's start with Mysterio Orton. Um I say <clears throat> Orton. Perhaps I still don't know what a cheers match is. Um, <clears throat> Buddy Murphy retains the Cruiserweight Championship, I believe. Um, I think Natalia wins. I can see a heel turn coming from her soon, from Natalia, to hold over uh, a feud with Ronda Rousey. Um, I say the bar retained. What do, y'all, what do y'all think? <clears throat> Gabriel says Orton. Lee says Orton. Gress says Mysterio. Gabriel says Murphy. Um, let's say the bar wins. Lee says Murphy. Um, yeah. Probably a change at the Rumble, but I don't see anything. I don't see a change at TLC. <clears throat> so this guitar thing, a guitar ladder match. KSP says Drew, The Bar, Ronda, Ruby, Lashley, Orton, Daniel, Charlotte, and Buddy. Thank you. Mahmoud says uh, The Usos. Okay. Six time champions. I don't see that changing in TLC, though. Gross says The Usos, too. Uh, all right. Give me a question, real quick. Uh, this wrestling legend competed under the nickname Hot Stuff. Under the nickname Hot Stuff, um, I say Elias wins because Lashley had an advantage uh, on Raw. Um, Gabriel says the bar and Becky. I say uh, Drew McIntyre hands down. I think that's quite obvious. Brandon come to Grus. Good job, Gilbert. 
Eddie Gilbert. Uh, one more trivia question. Uh, let's see who we got. Here we go. That's a good one. What former WWE talent was the fake Undertaker? What former WWE talent was the fake Undertaker? Um, yeah, I see. I say Becky Lynch. See, they might. I think Charlotte. Mm, Charlotte might grab it because Becky Lynch might win the Royal, Royal Rumble and, and compete against uh, Rousey. It seems like that's how they're going to do it. Unless Nia Jax beats Rousey, Lynch wins the tie, uh, the Royal Rumble and competes against uh, competes against uh, Nia Jax. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say Charlotte Flair wins this one. Becky Lynch wins the Royal Rumble. So R- Rousey beats Jax. Daniel Bryan beats. Uh, good job. Yep, Brian Lee. Or Chains. <clears throat> um, uh, so does Strowman come back, or does is there a surprise? Does, does someone like a Bray Wyatt come back in uh, in wrestles in, in Corbin's stead? That could that could possibly happen. I don't see Nia Jax winning. Um, that wouldn't make sense. Uh, I can see if Tamita interferes and all that, I can see that happening. Nia Jack would, you know, Nia Jax realistically would be the only person that would be able to beat Ronda Rousey. But Nia Jax going into the new year as champion, I hope she doesn't defend it at Mania. That wouldn't make sense. So, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I think Ambrose wins the Intercontinental title so they can probably set up um, uh, Rollins. I say Fabulous Truth wins the uh, Mixed Match Challenge Finals. Do a dance break. So, yeah. That's how it is. I'm not looking, you know, I'm not very excited about this card, actually. I hope it surprises me, but uh, I'm not very excited about this card, but what I am excited about is the Rob Price and the Patriot Dell Wilkes being on the show tonight. So thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of the episode 350 of the Pancakes Power Slam show. It has been an absolute blast. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you being on, uh, you know, journeying to the GWS with me uh, this episode. Um, I, feel so glad, I feel so glad to feel better. Uh, to journey with you all so lots of fun y'all it, it was lots of fun so thank you so much everybody uh, I, I enjoy TLC enjoy your week of wrestling until next week uh, always remember God bless and always remember I do it for you have a good night everybody uh, thank you so much for enjoying DWF with me tonight again Rock Price Dale Wilkes thank you all have a good night bye bye
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.